never does, does it, first try? <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for being here today, everyone. This is great. So close to Christmas. Can we, uh, as we do here, uh, give a round of applause to everyone who served in some capacity? Come on. That's awesome. That, that's great. Uh, if this is your first time here, I, I want to say thank you for being here. This is awesome. Uh, if you leave the blue Connect card on your chair at the back, uh, we have a free gift for you. That's great. And I got to say, Merry, Merry Christmas. This is such an exciting time. Um, I want to let you know about our Christmas Eve service that we are running, uh, surprise, on Christmas Eve. So from 5 to 6 at Femme Furley Banquet Center just down the road over there. Uh, it's going to be great. It's a great family Christmas tradition. We're going to at one point sing Silent Night with the candles. And it's just, it's just a really, really, really fun night. So I really want to encourage you. Uh, if you have plans, if we could somehow tweak it just for an hour to be there, kind of add it into your family tradition, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, on December 29th, so the Sunday right after Christmas, we don't have a regular service that week, okay? So don't, don't come here, but we will be back on January 5th, though, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll be uh, right back. And with that, we're good to start the service. So uh, grade 5, 6, 7, 8, you are good to head out. Junior youth to the foyer, have, a, have an amazing time uh, at the final youth before Christmas. So this is, this is exciting, this is exciting. So we had our church Christmas party last week, and I'm, I'm not sure if you heard, I'm not sure if you hear, but we had Santa Claus here. We had Santa Claus here, like, and like, I'm talking like the real Santa Claus was here, like the real thing. And for whatever reason, whenever Santa comes, Clayton is never in the same room, you know what I mean? And then whenever Clayton leaves the room, Santa comes, and whenever Santa leaves, Clayton comes back. It's really weird. It's, it's just a really weird coincidence. Um, anyways, Clayton's such a, such a great sport, though. He's, he's one of our pastors here. And I always find it so funny, though, when someone sits on someone else's lap pretending to be Santa, and they know the person, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of that extra dynamic. And I, I will never forget last year, last year, uh, my buddy Josh, my buddy Ian, who, who both help. Yeah, Ian's looking at me like, why are you bringing up my name? Um, they, they help Clayton run the, the setup teardown as well. And they were sitting on Clayton's lap getting a picture because we have like the, the picture booth at the back, right? And I remember they're both just on Clayton's knees waiting for their picture. And I, I think it was Sarah, our, our team administrator, she was taking the pics. And for whatever reason, like the camera glitched though or something. It was kind of like, oh, hold on a sec, guys. You know, just kind of. And then my beautiful wife, Olivia, comes over. is like, here, let me help you. And then Beth, Clayton's wife, comes over. And they're kind of all talking and kind of laughing. Just like, oh, this kind of thing or whatever. And, and um, you look over. And Josh and Ian are still sitting on Clayton's lap, though. <laughs> Just feeling very, looking very uncomfortable or whatever, this kind of thing. And uh, I, I think one of them asks, like, why are we still sitting on Clayton's knee right now, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's like, hello, over here. So, or, or something like that. I'll, I'll always cherish that memory. I don't know if you guys remember it the way that I remember it, but that's how I remember it, okay? And, uh, you know, they, they really built a special bond that Christmas, you know? It's just, they eventually got the pick. Um, I'm not sure if they wanted a pick at that point, but they, they eventually got it, and, and it's just, it's so much fun. We had such a great, great time last week, and it, it's Christmas time, right? This is the final Sunday before Christmas. We're going to have Christmas Eve soon, so we're closing up our Christmas series today, today and on, on Christmas Eve called Opening Christmas, and, and week one we talked about how we need to be open to God 
uh, using us to do, to do good in the world, to make change in this world. Week two, we talked about how we need to be open to who God really is. Even if we don't understand him fully, even if there's parts where we're like, oh, I wish that wasn't there. Or I wish we have, you know. But to understand God's bigger than us, he knows more than us and better than us, we need to be open to that. And today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at a part of the Christmas story that we normally skip over or we talk about it quickly and this kind of thing. And I, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit did something very special in the life of Jesus when he was just a little baby, just a few days old around Christmas. And, and I, I want you to leave today feeling a little more open to this person, the Holy Spirit. Because th- this is what I know about us and the Holy Spirit, okay? The, the name, the Holy Spirit, you know, that can be kind of spooky or creepy or kind of, you, you know, it, it, it can be interesting sometimes. Um, some of us have had that name abused in the past, you know? It was taken out of context. And some of us, maybe there's kind of these bad experiences with, with quote, the Holy Spirit, that, that, at least that, that title. And I want to look quickly and just on how the Holy Spirit was involved in the life of sweet little baby Jesus, you know, when he was at Christmas time. And, and kind of who the Holy Spirit really is in, in, in that way. So I'll give you some story context. Uh, we, we've done this the last couple weeks too. The Christmas story really, you know, fast forward of it is, is there's Mary and Joseph. They're engaged. And, and an angel shows up to both of them and says, I know this is wild. I know this is going to blow your mind a little bit. And I know this is physically impossible. But God is doing a miracle. You're actually pregnant, Mary, even though you're a virgin, and Joseph, you need to stick this through, and this is going to be something beautiful that God is doing, and, and what happens is, is little baby Jesus is born in the, the, the little town of Bethlehem, and, and an angel shows up to some, some shepherds, and the shepherds come and just admire and say, wow, we don't really fully get this, but this is a beautiful moment in history that, that God's doing, and then what happened is a, about a week after that, little baby Jesus was brought to the capital city, Jerusalem, in ancient Israel, and, and they were doing something called a, a, a dedication. They, his parents were dedicating him to God the Father. And it says this in Luke chapter 2, okay? At that time, so like right after Christmas night, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So that was Jesus. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. So again, so baby Jesus is just born. He's brought to the temple to be dedicated to God, to say, yes, this child is going to be living for God. And and there's this man named Simeon who's there, and and, and he's someone who's close with God. And it goes on, it says this, he took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. So he kind of, you know, I don't know exactly what it looked like, but somehow he has little baby Jesus just born. You know, Christmas has just happened, and he's, he's saying, oh my goodness, this baby, there's something special about this baby, just like what the shepherds were experiencing, right? And then it, it goes on, it says, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he kind of starts speaking about what the future is of of this little baby. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause 
many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and the sword will pierce your very soul. And again, he's kind of just predicting, you know, with, with God's kind of using him to, to almost be his mouthpiece. He's saying, yeah, something really special and something very important is happening with this little baby. And then it kind of uh, concludes with this. And a prophet was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. So, so you've got Simeon, who's an older guy, who's kind of been waiting for this moment, and finally sees baby Jesus. But you also have Anna, who's an older woman, who's kind of in, in similar boat. And this is how the story ends here. It says, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And then it closes. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, so when they dedicated little baby Jesus, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. That was a lot. (laughs) I know there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And that's not normally a story that we we go to at at Christmas time, right? But I think there's, there's something interesting about this story with little sweet baby Jesus, just born. There's a lot there, but today I want to focus on how the Holy Spirit is actually working and active throughout that entire story with Jesus as a baby. Because there's the scripture when Jesus is the baby. The next time we see Jesus, he's, he, he, he's a little older, he, he's 12 years old, and then the next time we see him after that, he's 30 years old and begins his ministry. So we don't see a lot of details about Jesus' upbringing and what it looked like. So, so this is actually really, really important, this little piece here. So before we get into this, though, I guess we need to answer that question, who is the Holy Spirit? And, and we talked a little bit about this in detail in, in the summertime, but the, the simplest way that I can explain it again uh, of who the Holy Spirit is, is to refer to the Trinity, right? This concept called the Trinity, that God is God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that we do not have three gods. This is not polytheism, right? We don't have, like, a, a number of gods. Who are we going to pray to today? You know, it's a, no. We have one God. But God is so complex, He is so beyond us, that He is actually three in one. He actually has relationship in Himself. He has relationship with, he's just so far beyond us. And and the the best way that I try to understand this, and maybe this isn't a perfect analogy, but it's the best at least for me and my Michael Bronson mind to understand, okay, is that I have a body, right? I can clap my hands, I'm a a physical person, but I also have a spiritual part of me. There's a spirit inside of me. But I also have a soul. And what I mean by soul is kind of that unique identity that makes me Michael Bronson and no one else is Michael Bronson. Just like you are a unique person. There's no one else in the world like you. That's your soul. So that's kind of like God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. I am not three people. I'm not three versions of Michael Bronson. I am one person. But I'm three in one, you know, and it, it, it's almost the same as God. So, and we talk about God the Father a lot. We talk about God the Son a lot. But we don't always talk about God the Spirit. And there's truths in the story about who the Spirit is. And what he does with people and how he works through people. And, and I want to just go through this story and look at how he works through people as an encouragement and as an example for us. And, and, and remember, okay, just, just a little clar- clarity before we get into this. When we're talking about the Spirit, I'm not talking about some other force that helps God. You know, I'm not talking like there's God and then there's like some other force here that we're referring. No, like I'm, when I say the Spirit, I'm referring to God. I'm referring to God who's active, God who's working in this world, okay? So when I say the Spirit, I'm talking about God. 
So that's who we, okay? And we're going to move quickly here because there's, there's a lot to cover and we don't have enough time to do it today, all today in detail. But this is important. Look at this. First thing that, that I see here is that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Look, uh, look at this. It, it literally, literally just says the Holy Spirit was upon him. It was upon him. And, and we're going to come back to this, this in, in, in a minute. But it, isn't it beautiful hearing that, that the Holy Spirit can be on someone? It, a, a more basic way of, of saying that, if you, if you break it down, is, is almost like the Holy Spirit was with him. God was with him. How encouraging is that? Is that the Holy Spirit is with us always. It talks about this over and over and over and over in Scripture. That God is always with us, regardless of what we're facing, no matter where we go, no matter what's confronting us, no matter what we're trying to confront God's always with us. The Holy Spirit is always with us. It's, it, it, it's beautiful, okay? I want, I want everyone to be comforted by that today, okay? Here's the second thing that we see about the Holy Spirit in this story is this. The Holy Spirit reveals something specific to Simeon. The Holy Spirit reveals something specific. Look at this. It says, the Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed, but at once he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So again, we don't know when this was or what it looked like, but at one point, the Holy Spirit, God revealed to Simeon, you will not breathe your last breath until you see the Messiah, until you see how I'm going to change the world here. Now, I don't know exactly what it looked like. The details in, in the scripture just aren't, aren't, aren't there, right, of how the Holy Spirit revealed this to him. But we can, kind of, we can kind of take some guesses. We can kind of analyze in other parts of the scripture how does the Holy Spirit speak to people, and maybe, maybe it was one of these ways, right? So, so here are some common ones. I'm not saying this is exactly how he spoke to him, but here are some common ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to us, okay? The first one I think that is probably the most common is through scripture, through the Bible, right? He wants us to read the scripture. He wants us to read stories of the Bible, just exactly what we're doing this morning. And the Holy Spirit actually shows us who he is. He actually shows us who we are. He reveals things to us through the scripture. And I, I believe that he wants us to be doing that. He wants us to be diving into the scripture. And that's what we're doing right now. Um, a, a, another way that, that the Holy Spirit reveals things and speaks to us is through his voice. His, his voice. We, we actually can learn to hear him speak to our hearts. We actually can hear the Holy Spirit speak to it. Maybe someone said it like our, our, he speaks in our thoughts and speaks in our minds. I, I heard someone give an analogy of, you know how if, if you got a radio, like if you're listening to like, you know, whatever the, whatever the Christmas music is, you know, that radio wave is always coming into your radio. And some of us are like, what's a radio? You know, it's, like, it's this amazing thing. Um, but like you're, you're driving your car. Those waves are always coming in. You know, you got 102.1 The Edge and, and Virgin Radio and this guy. Like you got all these things going on. But you actually have to tune in to catch the radio wave, to actually listen to the signal coming in, right? And, and I, I heard someone say, it's almost like God is always speaking to us. He's always revealing truth to us. He's always telling us how much he loves us. He's always revealing that. But sometimes we almost just need to tune in to his voice and almost take the time to learn to, to listen. There's tons of, of, of times in, in, in the scripture where he's doing that. You know, we just got to tune the radio, you know, like, you know, keep it at smooth jazz and then tune it, you know, it's the good stuff, right? He wants to reveal things to us through, through speaking to us. Uh, the third, third example I want to give you quickly today of, of is, is through dreams and visions. And, and we, we've talked about this before. Um, a dream isn't always just, you know, kind of a compilation, a weird, trippy experience from the day before, the week before, kind of what, although sometimes, trust me, it can be, you know, there's some, we dream some pretty funny stuff sometimes, but you actually see in the scripture, God gives dreams, 
to people. When, when the, the angel actually comes to Joseph in the Christmas story, it was actually through a dream. And then later on, uh, right when baby Jesus is born, an angel actually comes and speaks to Joseph through a dream. Hey, you need to go to this certain location, this kind of, kind of thing. Did you know that God can speak to you through dreams or visions, kind of, kind of these, these pictures? And there's tons of examples of this in, in the Bible. And, and I want to uh, just encourage you in our context with, with uh, what this can look like in, in 2019 and soon to be 2020. Um, th- this past summer, I, I was with my buddy Aiden. And we were talking about dreams and how God can almost give you divine dreams sometimes. Now, I'm not saying every dream is a divine dream. I'm just saying, at least in my experience, sometimes it's like, whoa, I just feel like, I feel like God might have been saying something there, you know? Um, and I was talking to my buddy Aiden about this. And, and as we were talking about it, I felt like, oh, it'd be really cool to tell him this one dream that I had a couple of years ago and kind of what it meant and how I believe it was from God and this. I was like, you know what? I don't want to freak, freak him out, trip him up or anything. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to leave it. But I remember leaving that day, praying, God, I pray for my buddy Aiden. I pray you give him a dream. And not just like a random dream, like just kind of whatever the psych behind is that. Like uh, behind that is, I, I just mean like a divine dream from you, God. Like speak to him somehow like that. And like two days later, we were at Knox setting up for, for Sunday service. And he's like, yo, Mike, I had the weirdest dream, trippiest dream. I was like, oh, really? That's, and in my head, I'm like, whoa, that was like, that's pretty cool that, like, we were just talking about that, and then we prayed for that and this kind of thing, and, and he explains it to me in detail, like, yeah, it was this, and then this happened, and legit, it was so similar to the one that I had a couple of years ago, and I was about to tell him what it was, but I'm like, I don't want to freak him out, this kind of thing, and it almost, like, was like, God was like, well, if you're not going to tell him that, then I'll, I'll tell him, you know, like, I don't need you to tell him this kind of thing or whatever, and I was like, man, I know it sounds like a crazy coincidence, and maybe it is, who, who, who knows, but... Two days ago, when we were talking about dreams, I almost told you the exact same thing, only you dreamt it. Like, this is, like, this is really, this is wild, right? This is crazy. And maybe it was a coincidence. I don't know. But in that moment, I told him, in, when I had that dream a couple years ago, this is what I believe God was trying to tell me. Maybe God's trying to tell you the same thing. And it, it was this really cool faith-building moment, n- not only for me, but, but for my buddy Aiden, too. It, it, it was really, it was really cool. Sometimes God wants to reveal things to us like that. God can speak to us in dreams. Um, and I know that kind of seems funny just kind of hearing that. It's like, well, this is weird. But there's example after example in the, in the scripture of that happening. Um, the, the third thing we see about the Holy Spirit in the story is that the Holy Spirit was leading Simeon, this man. It says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. Wow. That's pretty wild. Imagine it's like, fill, fill in your name. It's like that day... The Spirit led you to this place. So this, like, well, that's, that's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and again, how did the Holy Spirit lead him there? It doesn't say in detail, you know. It doesn't say exactly what it looked like. It just says that the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. I would argue that those three things that we talked about, you know, through Scripture or through, through hearing his voice or through dreams or vision, I, maybe it was that. May, maybe, I, I, I don't know, how else could it be? Maybe there was just kind of that feeling from God of just kind of this prompting of like, ah, I, don't, I can't explain it, but I just feel like God's prompting me to go. Dude, there's times in the Bible where that happens too. I, I don't know. But it's pretty cool how the Holy Spirit can lead us. Uh, and the fourth and final thing here, the Holy Spirit speaks through Simeon or, or prophesies through Simeon. It says, then Simeon blessed them. And then he said, and, and then he goes on to kind of speak the future of what's happening with this little baby. Now, I know the word prophecy 
is a terrifying word. And, we, and again, this is one of these words that we don't use it all the time, but it doesn't need to be a, a, a scary word. Prophecy is simply speaking on behalf of God to someone else, being like the, the middle person, you know, to, to someone else. Sometimes we, we think it's always speaking the future, which it can be, you know, God can be, you know, give a word of caution or just, hey, heads up, this is what's happening. Um, but it doesn't have to be that. Sometimes it's, it's an encouraging word. Maybe it's, it's a Bible verse. Maybe it's, it's, it's a picture. I don't know. When I, I was a youth pastor, uh, you know, w- way back when, and, and I'd have these kind of Sunday morning moments to preach, it was like, oh, this is great. I've had like four months to prepare. I'm going to use my best jokes, my best stories. It's going to be, and, and it was, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this kind of thing. But when you're up here every week preaching, it can, guys, I'm telling you, it, it, it can be tough. What, and one of my favorite things to do is to preach, okay? Like truly, it, it's an honor. I'm humbled by it. I'm privileged by it. One of my favorite things. I love it. But sometimes it can be a lot of work, okay? And I, I was in Tim's the other day, writing my sermon for today. And I, I see my friend come up to me. I see my friend come up to me. And she says, oh, you're writing your sermon? I'm like, yeah, you know, trying to get done. And, and she says, it was so casual. She's like, oh, it's going to be so great. Oh, you, you, you always do great, you know. Just, oh, just stay faithful to God. It's going to be amazing. Oh, and kind of, you know, it's just like this nice little pleasant, just quick conversation. And, and I, as I was leaving, or I, as she left, I should say, it almost like, like, there was this feeling where God was like, you know, she's right, you know, Michael. Don't, don't stress about it. Don't get yourself worked up about it. It's, 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 it's going to be awesome. And, and she didn't realize it in that moment, but God was actually using her random conversation, her words, to, to encourage me. Like, like, that's prophecy. It's speaking on behalf of God. God used her as a vessel that day and spoke through her. It's not always, it doesn't always have to be this crazy, intense, you know, deep, like, epic moment. You know, sometimes it can be in casual. Some, sometimes it can be a simple word. Sometimes just blessing someone. And in, in, in this example, Simeon is, is, is prophesying. He actually is telling Mary. He, he's blessing the baby and saying this is what's going to happen in the future. And, and you have the Holy Spirit giving this man the ability to speak to these, these parents on behalf of God. And then I, I, I love this, like, we didn't have to bring this in, but I've got to bring this up. Is at, at the end of this, the story, Anna comes into the story and kind of just confirms everything Simeon said of, like, yes and amen. Everything that Simeon just said, stamp of approval, yes, this is, this is good. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He revealed things to him. He led him. He used Simeon to speak on behalf of God, to prophesy, to pass that message on. So why am I telling you all these things? <laughs> And what does this have to do with Christmas, right? It's kind of, why are we looking at these examples of, of the Holy Spirit moving in, in, in this story? This, this is why. This is why I'm giving you this. This, uh, this is why we're talking about it. I want to give you an example of what you can have too. I want to give you an example of what you can have too. You can have these experiences with God just like Simeon did. Just like Simeon. And I know what you're thinking, impossible. I'm not this crazy, intense, like spiritual, like person that knows all the Bible and all this stuff. Like I'm just an ordinary person, right? That's incredible. So was Simeon. So was Mary. So was 
Joseph. So am I. That, that's, that's exactly who God uses. And that's exactly who, who God, God takes and is active in their life. And, and look, I'm, I'm not here to explain exactly how we do all these things today, okay? We, we, we need to do a, a series on this in the future and go into the detail of things or whatever. But today, I, I don't want to focus on, you know, how do we go have these experiences with God. This is what I'm focused on today. I want to focus on the simple fact that God can have these moments with us. He can have these experiences with us. And it doesn't have to be these, you know, um, you know, these special, crazy, epic encounters. Again, it's just an everyday life, living with God, interacting with God. I want every single one of us to have a posture and an attitude that is open to the Spirit working, that is open to the Holy Spirit active in our life, to have the, the heart that is not only open to the Holy Spirit even, speaking to us and having these kind of moments, but to actually be eager for these moments where the Holy Spirit's working in our life. And, 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 and this is where things get really, really, really exciting, right? Because we have the example here in this story of the Holy Spirit active in Simeon's life, right? When little baby Jesus is born, right after Christmas time, just a few days after Christmas, all this stuff is happening. But you know what happens after all this, right? As, as, as we read the, the, the biblical story, Little baby Jesus becomes a 12-year-old. And then 12-year-old Jesus becomes a 30-year-old. And then 30-year-old Jesus becomes a 33-year-old. And then he eventually dies on the cross. And then he rises again. And this is what the scripture says. It says that Jesus sends us his spirit in a new way. The scriptures tells us that because Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, that the Holy Spirit actually comes to us like never before in history, and that the Holy Spirit is not just with us, he's not just upon us, but now because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is actually in us. The Holy Spirit is actually in us. He's not just with us, he's inside of us. The scriptures tells us over and over and over that the Holy Spirit makes his home inside of us. That's pretty wild, right? And that is why we don't obsess over physical locations anymore. Like in the Old Testament, it was all about the temple. It was all about the tabernacle, these sacred spaces where it's like, oh my goodness, we got to go there because that's where God is. But then Jesus comes and he sends us his spirit and it no longer is about physical locations anymore. There's no such thing now as like the sacred space. Do you know what the sacred space is now? It's us. God doesn't live in a temple. He doesn't live in a building. He doesn't live in a church building. He lives in us. This is where God lives. He dwells in us. He's not just with us. You don't just go visit him. He, he made a, his home in us, in us. And that's why we don't need to obsess over, you know, the fancy church building and, and oh, it needs to be this. Like, I remember one time being, uh, being a little kid. I was like four or five running around in a church building. And, and a lady stopped me. She said, stop, stop, stop. You do not laugh like this in a church this is a place of reverence, you know, and this kind of thing. And it's like, I look back at that, I'm like, no, actually, you know the place of reverence, you know where God lives? Not in this place, this is just brick. He lives in us. He, he lived in me as a little kid. He lived in that lady as she was scolding me, you know. And it's like, and, and, and I, get, I get her attitude, right? She was, she was trying to, you know, like, let's take God seriously. Let's, let's fear him in a healthy way. I, I get that, right? But the Holy Spirit lives in us. And look, when we enter into relationship with Jesus, God's not only with you. He's in you. He's in you. And that's what I want to leave you with today is that the spirit of Jesus isn't on you. He's in you. He's not just on you. He's in you. And look, look, look get, get how beautiful this is, right? If the Holy Spirit can be active in people's lives when he was with them and upon them, 
how much more can be he, he be active in our lives when he is not just with us, he's actually in us. He's made his home in us. Look, God was upon Simeon, but look, God is not just upon you, he's in you. God revealed things to Simeon. Look, God wants to reveal even more things to you. God led Simeon in specific ways. He wants to lead you even more. God prophesied. He spoke through Simeon. God wants to speak through you. He wants to prophesy through you even more. All because of Christmas. All because sweet little baby Jesus was born and brought to the temple. You see why Christmas is so important. Christmas opened the door for all of this to happen. So here's what I want to challenge you with today. Uh, Firstly, it says, let's believe that it's possible for the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives, okay? Let's let's actually have the faith that he wants to do it, okay? Second thing, let's take the first step of seeing the Holy Spirit move in our life. And, And I would argue, I would say, in my opinion, what the first step of this is, is getting alone with God and just reading the Scripture, you know, if, if we have this posture and attitude that says, I want to hear from God, God, I want you to be active in my life, Holy Spirit, come move in my life, I think the first step is just get alone with them. You know, get to a bedroom, get to, to wherever, go to the library, go to Tim's, go to Starbucks, whatever it is, and just bring a Bible and say, okay, God, you want to be active in my life? Please speak to me. As I read this, teach me about you, teach me about myself, teach me about you, God. And he will, he will. And the third thing, let's pray for it. Let's, let's, let's ask that we notice when God is, is moving so that can build our faith up. Ask and you receive. And, and I, I want you to imagine your relationship with God deeper than it's ever been before. I, I want you to imagine your relationship where it's not just you learning about God and that's the end of it, but, but it, it's actually, it, it, it goes both ways, right? He speaks back to us. He reveals things to us. He leads us. A loving relationship where we get to know him more, but he's also not just this distant person that we're learning about. He's actually active in our life. And it's kind of, I always say this too, it's kind of like the classic thing I always say to my friends when we're talking about God or faith or whatever. It always somehow gets to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know about God. And it's like, well, I don't just like know about God. Like, yeah, I read the Bible and learn more about him, but like, like I, I, like I, I know him. <laughs> and it's like, what? No, you know about the concept of God. It's like, no, like, I, I know him. He's my friend. <laughs> like, like, we have a relationship. It's like, okay, you know, and they always think I'm nuts. But look, we can have that because of Jesus. Before Jesus, you know, there was a select few that maybe the Holy Spirit was with in a special way, this kind of thing. That's not the case now. Because of Jesus, he sent the church, us, not the church building. He sent the church, as in the people that follow him. He sent the church, the Spirit. He lives inside of us. It's beautiful because he loves us. So let's keep an open posture. Let's keep an open heart to the spirit, right? Let's, let's have all that heart that's hungry for him to be active in our life. So, so j- just a few, a few notes. I feel like, you know, t- talking about this, um, I, I want to make sure I just clarify some things and make sure no one leaves um, um, thinking that I meant something when I didn't mean it. Okay? Here's the first thing, Okay. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to Jesus, a thousand percent of the time. Every single time, the Spirit will always lead you back to Jesus, okay? So in, in the story, you read it, everything was about Jesus, that the Holy Spirit revealed or led to or spoke. It was always about Jesus. So if someone has an experience with God in kind of this moment with the Spirit, and it's not leading them towards Jesus, we probably need to rethink that, okay? It's always about Jesus. 
in the story of Jesus, how Jesus came from heaven to earth, the Son of God, died on the cross, rose again, and we can have a relationship with him. And I, I encourage you, maybe there's some people even in the room right now, and you're thinking, Michael, I've heard you say this a thousand times, this good news about God, how he loves us, how we can have a relationship with God. I believe that maybe in this moment, he's speaking to your heart saying, you need to take the step of faith. You need to believe this for real. You need to accept me. You need to start following me. I believe he's speaking to some of us. Um, if that is you, I challenge you, fill out the blue connect card. Leave it at the back. At the bottom it says, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. And that's just so we can pray with you, give you a Bible, kind of celebrate with you, you making that decision, okay? So I, and, and maybe there's some of us where that's our story, where we're finally going to put faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross, he rose again. And that's what Christmas is all about, right? That's why we have and celebrate Christmas. Um, second thing, real quick, is let's not other people uh, hold us back from what the Holy Spirit's doing. I know sometimes people abuse that name, the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's like, it, I know there's been wrong things done in the name of the Holy Spirit before. Let's not let those experiences hold us back from our, our moments with, with God. Um, you know, maybe you've had your where it's, hey, uh, God told me that we're supposed to get married. You know, it's like, no, no, that's, you know, don't let other people's abuses hold you back, okay? And, and that's why it's so important, too, to test um, what we feel are experiences from the Holy Spirit or God speaking to us. We need to test it with the Bible, test it with Scripture. He's not going to contradict himself, right? He's not going to say this in the Bible, but then tell someone else this, and they're total opposite. No, no, no. God's going to speak to us what the Scripture says, okay? So that's why it's important that we know the Scripture. Um, third thing, just real quick, this is for everyone. Okay, it's not for like the ultra spiritual, it's not for like the people that know the Bible the best, this kind of thing. This is for everyone. I love how in this story, of course it's about Simeon, this guy in, in, who prophesied and was led by the Spirit and stuff. But I love how it's rubber stamped almost, it's like sealed with Anna, the girl. And let me tell you something about ancient history. Ancient history is never written about the girls. It's always the guys. And I love how with the story of Jesus, throughout, the enti throughout his entire life, it's not just the boys. The girls are involved too. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm telling you, you got to understand how rare that is in ancient literature, okay? I, I, I love this. It's almost like the fact that there's Simeon and Anna, and it's like, no, this is for everyone. This is for everyone. Um, and the fourth thing, God doesn't have to speak to us all in the exact same way, okay? God made us different people. We have different personalities. I wonder if we're going to experience God differently. I wonder if we're going to hear his voice differently. You, you have moments in the Bible where there's these big, flashy, epic moments when God's speaking. And you also have these moments that aren't flashy at all. And they're actually pretty casual and ordinary. But both of those are just as important as the other. Okay? The Spirit of Jesus isn't just with you. He's not just on you. He's in you. He's in you. I'm going I'm to call the band up. Uh, and I just want to tell you one more story. I think I have time. Um, yeah, I have time. Just as the band, we're, we're going to sing one more song. Um, just to build up some faith, I've, I've just an example of how the Spirit can move and, and how God can actually lead us and speak to us and this kind of thing. Um, sorry, Sarah, I stole this from you, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so I meet monthly with my friends, uh, Betty and Megan, and we just spend some time in, in, in prayer, and we talk about what's going on in the church, and uh, they pray for me. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that us as the church family, we're not just...
going off ideas that we have or strategy. Like, we want to make sure that we're being led by the Spirit as a church. You know, the decisions that we do are because God's leading us in that direction. Um, and, and we were at Betty's house, and we were praying. And it was funny. At the end of prayer, Megan's like, this is really random, Michael. I'm really sorry. But as we were praying, I just felt like God had something for you. Like, I just saw, like, kind of this picture of, like, a giant stack of books. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. And she's like, I don't, this makes no sense, but, like, I actually don't know what it means. All I, all, I kind of just saw, like, I, I just felt like it was from God, a big pile of books in your house, and it was for you, Mike. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I like reading. That's good. And, you know, and, and she's been helping with kids so much lately. She hasn't heard me talking about, you know, like, oh, I like reading and this kind of thing. Um, and she's like, I'm not sure what it means. And, and, and Betty's just like, hey, well, why, you know, before we go, why don't we just pray one more time and just kind of ask God, God, why did, why did you kind of give this impression or prompting to Megan of just this pile of books? It's like kind of random for Mike. Does is it, is it mean something? Like, what is this? So we prayed, we closed our eyes, and I felt like, and again, maybe it's weird for some of you, maybe it's not weird for some of you, but I felt like when we prayed, we closed our eyes, we just listened and said, God, speak to us. I felt like God spoke to my heart, and he said, Michael, you've been reading a lot of books lately. Good job. You're getting a lot of wisdom there and this kind of thing. That's great. But Michael you need to prioritize scripture above everything else. And this is like, this is like 101, right? This is like your pastor speaking, right? It's like, oh, goodness, I know. And, and he's kind of calling me out in, in a healthy way, in the way that a father corrects a son of just, you know, it's, I'm glad you're reading lots of books, Mike. I'm glad you're learning lots. I'm glad you're hungry for knowledge, but always prioritize my word above everything else. All the wisdom in all these other books, you can find it in scripture anyways. You know, just prioritize that, okay? And I was like, okay, that's really cool. That's really cool that kind of, God gave this word to Megan, and that kind of helped teach me, t- teach me that, you know what I mean? Kind of correct me a bit. God was speaking to me in that way. And I also felt like he said, though, don't say anything, though, when you're done praying, and you, you, everyone opens their eyes, because I'm going to tell the same thing to one of the girls, just to prove that it's me, and it's not just your thoughts kind of thing. Whatever. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. So we open our eyes, and, and, and Betty right away is like, you know, Michael, you're learning lots of knowledge and wisdom from these books. It's kind of thing. It just goes on into like almost like to the exact word of what God was saying to me of just, you know, but you need to prioritize reading the Bible. I don't know if you've been reading the Bible a lot, Michael, or this kind of thing, but just, you know, and I, I, I was, it was funny because I'm like, yeah, Betty, he, he told me the same thing. I get it. Okay, thank you. you know? and this, it's just cool when, and again, that's one-on-one stuff, but it's cool when the Holy Spirit is active in your life because he's, he's leading you, right? He's speaking to you. He's, and, and since then, I've, I've been adamant about, okay, I'm going to read lots of other books too. i got to read that. That's good. But like, Scripture first. I'm going to read more Scripture than anything else in the day. You know? That's, that's, that's the key. Because that's, that's how we grow in a relationship with God. That's how He speaks to us. That's how we build our faith. So this is what I want us to do. And I say that not to brag about Betty and Megan, although I, I could brag about them all day. Um, I say that as an example just to, to build some faith, okay? God can speak to anyone. It's not that God speaks to those of us who are, you know, extra gifted or this kind of thing. God can speak to anyone. He can. We just got to take the time. We got to take the effort to do it. So we're going to sing this song called Waymaker. And at the end of this song, there's a, the, the bridge says, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. And it's just this beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit who is active in our life regardless of whether we feel he's working or whether we see he's working, we have the faith that, God, you are 
works. And look, we might not experience, have these, you know, experience with God exact same way or whatever, and that's okay. But we do believe that the Holy Spirit's at work, that He's not just with us, He's not just on us, He's in us. Amen? Because of Jesus. Okay, so, so let's, let's stand up, let's sing this fourth worship song to God today. And let's just have the posture and the attitude that says, God, I'm open to you. Speak to me how you want to speak to me. Work through my life how you want to work through my life, God, even when I can see it or feel it or can't feel it. Whatever. We know you're working, okay? Let's, let's sing this song, and we'll come up in close service. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you.
with that attitude, with that heart open, God, to say, move through us, speak to us, reveal things to us. We love you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you always lead us to God the Son, Jesus Christ, the one who was born on Christmas, who died for us on Good Friday and rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. Lord, you are our focus. We love you. Name Jesus. Amen. We're going to do just one more thing, real quick. If you don't mind taking a seat, um, this is a special day. Um, and I'm going to call the ushers forward just one, one more time. Um, and what we're going to be doing is uh, we do this every year. We've done this since the very beginning. Uh, we're going to uh, take up an offering and some giving uh, for our amazing staff. Uh, and that's not including me and my, my beautiful wife. That's, that's uh, for uh, Jolana and Sarah and Clayton and Lauren. I mean, they sacrifice so much for us in the year. And we just think it's a special opportunity, a special time at Christmas to say, hey, we notice the sacrifice of leadership. We notice the burden of that leadership. And we just want to honor you and just bless you this Christmas season. Uh, just with some extra cash, just for Christmas time, whatever that looks like, just to almost as a symbol of thank you. So, uh, ushers, if you if you don't mind, we uh, do that again. There, there's there's no pressure, but um, we just think this is an important way that we can say thank you uh, to to our staff. Um, and as that, as that's happening, I'm gonna call up my friend Lauren. Um, just just as we close off here. Uh, so this is. I, I guess actually Christmas Eve, we, we didn't want to do it Christmas Eve though because that's a little quicker, but this is actually uh, Lauren's last week of being on staff here at Mountainside. He's, he's been with us a couple years now. Um, and again, I, 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 I got to say, 
And I was saying it before, but Lauren, you're one of my favorite people. You're someone I confide in. Uh, you're someone that I trust. When I need advice, I go to you. I'm still going to go to you, <laughs> okay? Um, there's just a spiritual wisdom with you and just uh, in your leadership, but also just as a person and as a friend. And uh, I, I just want to say publicly, I mean, thank you for leading this. Thank you for, for, to you and your family. I mean, and this is just as much Krista as it is you, but thank you for being here at Mountainside from day one, from service one. Um, and being faithful, and, and, and you're not going anywhere, right? Like, you're not, like, gone forever. Like, you, you still see him and, him and his family around, like, like, so don't worry. Um, but I, I just wanted to say thank you for, for leading, um, first through setup and teardown and operations, and then through, through music and production. And I just, it's been just such an honor. And, I mean, I, I just can't say thank you enough. I, we just think the world of you. And I know I speak on behalf of the whole church family, uh, that, w- that we think that over you. So, yeah, come on, show some love to there. Um, so, so we're going to, um, we're going to pray for Lauren. So if you don't mind, just kind of stretch your hand out just in faith saying, yeah, you're agreeing with us. And we're just going to pray for, for him and Krista and the kids. So Jesus, we thank you for Lauren and Krista and their family, Lord, and everything that they've done for Mountainside. God, we, we think back over the years of how incredible it's been. And we think of the future of their family and how, how even more incredible it's, it's going to be. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless Lorne and his family in the name of Jesus. We speak in faith that this is only the beginning, Lord, of what you're doing through his life and through his ministry, God. We speak favor. We speak blessing. And just publicly, in the name of Jesus, we release you, Lorne, from your pastoral ministry here. But we don't send you off uh, only in tears. We're celebrating with you, and we thank you for what you've done, Lord, through Lorne. And uh, yeah, Lord, we just pray blessing over him and his family uh, in the name of Jesus. So uh, come on, let's give this man and his family a standing ovation just as we leave. Okay, so thanks, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, my friend. So that's it for today. We'll see you at Christmas Eve, okay, at Family Freeland Banquet Center from 5 to 6. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless. Thanks, guys.
Come to us and back.